the church is decorated with many, many flowers. Beautiful in appearance. Decorated, making a sense, maybe, of being in a garden or certainly outside. A sense of things growing and of life coming. Because the Easter story is one of life. New life. Hope for all. But the story doesn't really start with much hope. It doesn't really start with any hope at all. And it doesn't start in brightness, but with darkness and sorrow. And a thought of death being death. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary walk to the tomb. They walk, and I guess it might have been a bit of a slow walk, an unsure walk, a pondering sort of walk. There may, according to the other Gospels, be other women there too, but they're not there for a happy reason. They're as sad as sad could be. It's a walk that has been probably playing on their minds for the previous two nights. And I wonder just how much sleep they have had and what sort of frame of mind they have. The second night has passed since they were last at the tomb when they saw Jesus being laid to rest. But their heart tells them they must return. They must return to a place where Jesus was laid. Now normally, the day after the Sabbath or the day after any festival is where things get back to normal. We carry on. We go back to work. We resume our normal duties. For us, it would be like a normal Monday morning. You know, the festival is over. And we might be refreshed. But these women don't have a spring in their step. Any of us who have gone to a funeral, and I guess that's probably most of us at some point, if not all of us, will go maybe with a bit of mixed emotions. We might think of the end of the suffering that the person has gone through. We might have a Christian hope for that person and believe they are safe in the Heavenly Father. Yet often with that, often still with that, there is the fact we don't really want to say goodbye. Too final. 
something has happened that can't be undone. On that walk, Matthew does not mention the spices to anoint the body. However, we know that was the intention. To repeat the loving act which a woman had conducted in Bethany on the Wednesday, on the night that came before the night that Jesus was arrested. But Matthew merely tells us that they look to go to the tomb. And the tomb has been sealed. It was sealed on that Friday night, just as the sun was setting. Sealed with a large stone. Something too large for the woman to be able to move. And since that time, on the Saturday, guards were posted there too. And so it probably is just a case of going to look and say, yes, that's the tomb. That's the grave. And not being able to do anything else. And hence for Mary, there is no hope. How could there be hope in such a desperate, dark place? And there might be times that we feel darkness. That we might feel that darkness has closed around us. And it might be due to our health, physical or mental health. It might be because of something in our life or that of a friend. It might be a darkness caused by debt or our employment situation or the failing of a relationship. It may, like for Mary Magdalene, be that we are grieving. But this is not the day that hope ends. This is the day that hope has new life. That hope has a new beginning. That hope rises in people's hearts. Because Jesus is alive. It was soon clear there's no need for the women to move the stone. An angel has moved it. There was no need to enter the tomb. Jesus was not there. There was only folded grave clothes. There was no need to anoint a dead body. Jesus had risen. He is alive. And instead, there is an angel. An angel that we last see, we last saw in this gospel at the beginning. An angel of the Lord that talks to Joseph in Nazareth and later the Magi in Bethlehem. 
giving them divine explanation and also instruction for their next act. To Joseph, the news that he should marry Mary, the mother of Jesus. And explaining that that child was conceived by the Holy Spirit. To the Magi, it warned them not to go back the way that they came, but to seek another route. The angel here brings explanation and instruction once again. He seems to have rather a relaxed pose, sat on top of the rock that he's just moved. Yeah, I can do that. I can sit here. I'm quite happy in myself. You've come along to look inside. Well, that's fine. But this is what you need to know. And he starts off by saying to the women, do not be afraid. Angels have a habit of having to say that. Because, rightly, we might fear them. And then he tells the women what has happened. He is risen. Go tell the disciples. An announcement and an instruction. The angel's action is quite notable throughout. He does not seek to harm those soldiers that have been on guard. The soldiers collapse with shock at the sight of the angel appearing. His appearance is just too frightening. They cannot stand that glowing brightness like lightning that he presents before them. And this encounter is rather like that that Daniel has in Daniel chapter 10. And when the angel appears, Daniel collapses on the ground. He can't move. He's just struck with awe. But yet, while he lies there on the ground, he hears and is aware of what is going on. Likewise, these soldiers will be in a trance, overcome by the presence of God, but they will later recover. And tonight, when we meet here again, will encounter what happens next in their lives. The angels moving of the rock was not needed for the resurrection to take place. It confirms that the, the tomb that did have a body, that the women had seen the body put into and the stone rolled across, it confirms that that tomb is now empty. But the door didn't need to be opened for Jesus to exit. God's presence and power does not need humanity 
or even in this case, an angel to raise the Lord. He does things in his way. When John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus, it was preparing people to receive him, for people to know, not for Jesus. Likewise, the tomb is opened for the benefit of others, for Mary, for her friends, for us to know that it really was empty. When people saw Jesus later, it wasn't because they had dreamt it. The body had really gone from the tomb. There is an emptiness there. The women who had gone to see the tomb, who knew the body was there, now saw that the body wasn't. They take the look, take note of the evidence, and then go to the disciples. The resurrection happened, though, before the stone was rolled. No one witnessed that moment, that moment that everything changed, that death was conquered, But the disciples, male and female, will gradually awaken to the fact it is a new day. Mary Magdalene with the other women are the first to encounter the risen Lord. And here in Matthew, we see that Jesus announces his presence to them. Greetings! He said, and they know immediately it is him. They come close, and it is their turn to drop to their knees and take hold of his feet. And this is the relationship we are to have. Jesus calls us to come close, and so we should. We should approach and treat him with reverence and be in his presence, giving him the true worship he deserves. He longs for us to come close, to come close as a child would without inhibitions. You know, sometimes as a parent, You sort of go, what's your child doing there? You know? And you fear the worst. What's going to happen next? Because there's not the same inhibitions that we as adults often project. But Jesus wants us to approach in that way. Mary maybe wanted to hang on there. She maybe wanted to just stay at the feet. And I'm sure we can understand why that would be. 
but Jesus encourages them to move on, to be sure in their faith and go and tell it. Not to hold it just for themselves, but to go the next step. Tell my brothers and go to Galilee and there you will see. We need to tell others the good news. We need to proclaim it loudly. Not to keep it to ourselves. We might not feel inclined to do that. We might not feel that we have the right opportunities. We might not feel eloquent or have the right words. We might have a host of reasons why we don't share the gospel. But like Mary, we take the joy that we have in Jesus' presence. We let go of the feet and use our own feet and step onwards into the world to tell of how our God loved the world so much that he gave his son so that others too can hear and learn and become part of the great celebration the rejoicing that we can all have in the resurrection that we celebrate this Easter day.